I am not a perfect pastor. And I forgot my notes. But that's okay. Thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. That's what we do here. Uh, I want to invite up uh, Dennis Sherman as uh, I stall for three minutes. I'm kidding. Uh, Dennis Sherman is uh, a part of CBM. I wanted to bring him up here this morning uh, to be able to have him share just a couple of words as we get going on behalf of CBM. Uh, so brother, grab a seat. The microphone is on. Uh, and so just uh, briefly share with us again uh, who you are and what you do in the work of CBM as we uh, get going here this morning. So Tyler, I have an extra three minutes then if you want to stall. <laughs> My name is Dennis Sherman, and I am your representative of Canadian Baptist Ministries, CBM, and the four Western provinces here in the West of Canada. I do represent, and I do help Canadian Baptist Ministries represent uh, almost 972 churches across Canada. Baptists coming together to do ministry and enter into what God has called as churches and individuals in a ministry around the world. We actually serve as an organization in 26 countries. In those 26 countries, it's varied in terms of our ministry and what we do. But God is very, very good. God is blessing us through people like Gato, who you will hear from later. Bringing national partners and our partners together with Canadians and churches like yourselves to fulfill ministry, again, to what he has called you to. We have four causes or four distinctives that drive us as an organization. And those four distinctives are pretty important to us. And our partners like that to understand them because they believe in them as well and minister among them. We serve the poor, the marginalized, and that the, the, the people that often can't help themselves. We serve kids at risk and my wife and I served in Bolivia around kids and prison children ministries, and we know firsthand what it's like to be a child in a war-torn country, or even a place like Rwanda, a youth, and so on. We build the church. We help our partners in planting churches and doing evangelism and sharing Jesus Christ, and that is so important. We also are involved in crisis response. Now we are not a World Vision or a Red Cross, but because of our partners and those that come along and ask us to enter into helping their people in their churches to meet the needs in a crisis, like in the Ukraine, after many, many years of partnering with the Baptist work there, they've come to us and said, how can you help us with food security? How can you help us engage in meaningful ministry those that are needing it in Ukraine and Poland and receiving refugees and so on. And then of course justice issues. It's a real challenge in the world today for those that are marginalized and have to deal with injustice in their lives, even in their own ministries and their own homes. So you as a partner with Canadian Baptist Ministries are very strategic in this. It's about integral mission, coming together through word and deed, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ bring our hands and our feet to walk with those in those areas. Thank you as a church. I find it wonderful that you have a team in Rwanda right now while we are doing this this morning in your church. We can praise the Lord for that. But also that Bob Weber is here this morning with Food Canadian Food Grains and his partnership with his farmers in Brownfield. And I know you'll hear from him in a minute. 
coming together in partnership, Brownfield, Rwanda, DR Congo, and partners there with Canadian Baptist Ministries serving those in need. I want to encourage you in the next little while, CBM will be putting out our next 13 months of celebration of 150 years of ministry together. Now I want to assure you that this is not CBM celebration. This is Canadian Baptists and our four conventions and unions across Canada celebrating what God is doing. And God bless you. I guess, I mean, I could have stalled longer. Gary was messaging me this morning saying that they were attending a church service and it was three hours. So y'all are fine. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate you being here. Uh, I want to just, again, give him an applause this morning. As Dennis shared, we have our team in Rwanda today. They arrived safely. They are there uh, in a church service this morning. They're nine hours ahead of us. Uh, they were experiencing uh, just an incredible opportunity of, of being blessed there. Um, again, just as a reminder of what is going on while our team is there, let me just read uh, this blurb for us just to crystallize what it is that our team will be doing and what they will be experiencing uh, while in Rwanda. They'll be partnering with Canadian Baptist Ministries. Uh, Andres Mamana is CBM's Africa team lead, also Daryl and Laura Lee Buston, uh, who are our global field staff there in Rwanda. Uh, the main other partner is the Association of Baptist Churches of Rwanda. You'll see that abbreviation of the AABR. Their primary activity in Rwanda for this team, their goals set out are to learn, to fellowship, and to encourage. That is the heart that is driving this team as they are in Rwanda over the next few weeks. We are very aware that God is already doing an incredible work in Rwanda. And even having lunch with Gatso yesterday, again, this has been an invitation to come. They have asked us, they have said, please be a part of experiencing and learning and seeing what God is doing here. And so we are so blessed that that invitation was extended. And we are so blessed that we can extend an invitation this morning to Bob and to Gatso. And so we will learn much this morning. It will be an incredible time together. And so be in prayer for our team. Be in prayer for their time there. Uh, they will be returning on November the 19th. You will hear more from them the following Sunday on the 26th. And then into the new year, uh, we will have a service together where we can share reports and stories of what God is doing and what he did do there with our team in Rwanda. I would love uh, to invite up Bob Weber, who is the newly appointed president of the CBWC Foundation, but in addition to that role, he is the local coordinator for the Brownfield and District Grow Project, which works in partnership with the Canadian Food Grains Bank, and that has been something that we as a church have been a part of in partnership for over 20 years. Maybe you're new to Westview and you don't know that, and that's why we want to extend this invitation to Bob this morning to be here to share with us just for a few moments about that work, uh, because it's an incredible partnership that has been around for a long time, and we are so blessed, brother, to have you here this morning. So, Bob, Dennis, sorry, it's you, Bob. Whew, there's a lot of names on this sheet here. We're doing a lot of things this morning. So can you uh, let me know this morning Again, a little bit more about your unique role with Canadian Food Grades Bank and uh, with Brownfield. I got Tyler's um, questions ahead of time, and they basically, what do you have to do with this thing? How does it work? And I thought, well, 
to get the whole story, to understand what we do, not what I do, what we do, we need to, we need to tell a bit of the story. And if, if I have your indulgence, I'll tell you a little bit of the story. My favorite prophet university used to start every new year with this a course, every new course, with the same question. What were the first three books of the Bible, first three words of the Bible? In the beginning, right? You'd never get that question at a college today. Anyways, in the beginning, I, I need to say in the beginning, CBM has been 150 years around the globe being supported by Baptist Lincoln, doing good sacrificial work in the field, gaining recognition and, and understanding from global governments that they're there to help, that they do good work, that they care for the lowly, and they do credible good deeds. That's the basics of the story. So we've all been participating in this as long as we can remember. I grew up in a church where we used to take a Sunday school offering to go to CBM to support that work. So we've been in this thing a long time. You're gonna find out why that's important in a minute. All right, we'll draw these thread threads together. But then more personally, um, the year's 1983, and uh, I don't know if you know, um, what were interest rates like in 1983? You people who followed. I was two years old, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mortgage in 1983 went to 17%. Uh, just let that sink in for a minute. We're all freaking out about five. But anyways, uh, it, was, it was a difficult time. And, uh, and uh, especially for farmers, because farmers borrow a lot of money to buy land and equipment. And uh, uh, in our particular place, they had just built a church. And uh, the farmers had spent three summers, 20 men, building the church themselves because they didn't have the money to hire somebody else to build it. You know, I just want to give a little context what it's like. And the phone rings in a man's house. And it says, ah, hi there, I met you at the convention. Uh, uh, I'm a new Baptist with old Mennonite roots. And the Mennonites asked me to see if I could find any Baptists who might want to give away some grain. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're starting this thing called a food grains bank, and we would like you to find some farmers to give away some grain. What would you do with a call like that? So, this particular fellow and his cousin got on the phone and said, should we do this? And he said, yeah! Let's go! So they loaded up their trucks and moved to Beverly. No, they loaded up their trucks and went to Linden, Alberta. There's a great story about that if you want to ask me about it afterwards. There's our pastor being told he might have to jump into the ditch. It's, it's really a good story, but I won't belabor it a bit now. But anyways, I was thinking about why did they say yes? Had they just done Leviticus 23, 22 in their devotions? I doubt it. My mom's 92. We're doing read through the Bible this year in our church. And she told me this winter, she said, I haven't missed a day, but I gotta tell you, Leviticus isn't fun. <laughs> I laughed so hard when she said that. Leviticus 23:22. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your fields 
or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner living among you. I am the Lord your God. Uh, you've got to realize that these were two young buckaroo farmers building farms in the early 80s. You know what that was like. Uh, the Secretary of Agriculture, get bigger, get out. Efficiency's the way you gotta go. You know the joke, uh, modern agribusiness farmer, the difference between him and a beaver? Well, the beavers leave once all the trees are gone. You know, post to post, pillar to pillar, absolute efficiency. And here's God speaking into our lives, saying that's not the way you're supposed to do this thing. You have to have something left on the margin for the poor and the needy. So they shipped the grain. Fast forward six years later, and I moved back to the farm, and one of those two men was my father-in-law, who was still faithfully every year giving grain to the food grains bank. And here's the idea that they had. The Mennonites were genius. They said, okay, we're in a grain glut, and we have all these food crises around the world. And whenever a crisis happens, we start gathering up resources to send to them, and it takes us a year to respond. We've got to be smarter than that. So now we've got all this grain. Let's set it aside. When the next one comes, we'll be ready. Pretty smart, actually. And so they're salting away grain. The other thing that happened was they invited six other churches, to six other denominations, to help. And what started happening is, hey, the problems in India. You know any people in India? And the Baptists go, yeah, we've been there for 80 years. We know some people. Or the Mennonites somewhere else or whatever. And what started happening is this thing where it became the very most effective way to deliver food aid that didn't end up in government coffers. That actually ended up with people. And it started to grow. Okay, so now I'm getting to, oh boy, I better check my little list. I promise this is going somewhere. So Bob, let me just help yeah. us to get there. Um, how exactly do we, as yeah. Westview, connect into this? Because I've been a part of the Canadian Food Grace Bank in previous churches serving yeah, yeah. the community. It's a different thing for us because we're here in Calgary. Yeah. You're way up there in Brownfield. Half of you don't even know where that is. That's fine. Um, how does that partnership work and how does that look like as we prepare ourselves this coming Christmas yeah, for the perfect. offering? I'm just going there. That's where we're going. So, uh, in the 90s, it changed a little bit. The young buckaroos got in charge and they said, hey, let's do a grow project. It was the new thing where you'd rent some land from somebody and you'd all go out and seed it together and then you'd all go out and harvest together like a big old barn raising. That was a lot of fun. And Farm boys love to get their red combine in the same field as a green one to show it's better, right? You know, so it was a lot of fun and a lot of, they did this grow project. Well, right around that time, this grow project was happening. It was all a good thing. And this crazy pastor from Westview Baptist Church came out to Brownfield to go deer hunting. True story, this is how it happened. Doug Welton was here. My son was the, now at this church, here for university, which I'm forever indebted this congregation that you loved on my son. And he showed up in the city and, and folded him in his community. Anyways, he takes Doug out and they go and he sees this happening little church. He goes, why is this an alive church? Aren't all rural churches dead? He goes, no, not this one. Uh, he says, tell me why it's alive. 
So well, one thing I can think of is we have this food grains thing that we do because it makes us focus on other people, not just ourselves. And Doug said, tell me about it. And he found out the story, the food grains, how these far crazy farmers raise this money for, for grain and give it away to the poor. And he goes, that's so cool. So he came and talked to his senior pastor, Dale Benjamin. And my son said, there used to be a fireside room out here. Does anybody remember that? So the mission committee met beside the fireside thing. And they had this 20-year-old young buck there that said, what's this about? He said he was terrified. Uh, you know, and he tried to tell him what the food grains bank was about, and he talked to him about it. He didn't hear another thing. 2005, the first check came from Westview to support the food grains. They said, "You farmers are willing to put up the land and put up all the work. We'll help you with the fertilizer and the seed and all of that." And your contributions started becoming part of that story. Okay, and this whole thing has grown exponentially since then. And as I said, that's been 20 years now that we've been, or possibly been a part of this. So coming into this next season, I mean, the harvest has happened. How can we be praying for you, for Brownfield, uh, for the Canadian yeah, yeah. Food Grains Bank as, uh, as we enter into uh, this event season? Oh, here, I gotta tell you what's happened this year from last year's event season. So uh, you guys always have your gift. You give an advent and then we get it in the first of the year. It's our kickoff in the new crop year. Farmers thinking crop years. So we're thinking in crop year. Last February, I received your last year's Christmas gift and I almost fell off my chair. The generosity would stagger people. Staggering to us as farmers that you guys care that much. We were blown away and this is it just, I, I was sitting there looking at that check and I said, you guys realize this is the 40th crop? This is the beginning of the 40th crop. And uh, we were just so blown away. And uh, so the guys got out and every spring we come in, what acres we're gonna do? The grow project can't happen anymore because there's a disease in our area. So we don't rent anybody's land anymore. We, the farmers that still participate set aside acres from their own land now. So they really are doing what Leviticus says. And they set aside from their own land and they give the productivity of that whole, those acres. And so the grain isn't quite sold yet, um, but we have a ballpark figure that I was, uh, the group said I could share with you guys today. Last year, we were right around $90,000 as a total gift from Westview and the Grow Project together. And, uh, and, uh, and we're gonna talk matching. This year, we're going to hit $125,000, one of our largest gifts. Here's my, here's my, here's my, this is unbelievable. So how much does that match? Because that's the magic number. That's one number. Yeah. How much does it match? Because we want to hear that this morning in closing. Yeah. And then we will say this to close. So, because the government of Canada, rec remember I was telling you they recognized the good work of the people for years and years and years? That doesn't happen overnight. That kind of respect doesn't come from a flash in the pan. This, other than the world food grains, this is how Canada gives to food around the world. The whole food grains, not just our project. So they match it up to four to one. So that 125,000 
do the math. 600,000 plus. It's incredible. It is incredible. Let's pray. Yeah, yeah. Lord, thank you for this man. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for Bob and his heart for the lost, for the least. Lord, thank you for him and his family and the church in Brownfield. Lord, thank you for this incredible partnership that we have had the privilege of being a part of for well over 20 years. And Lord, thank you for the work that will go out from this offering, from these funds, Lord, to provide food to places where it is insecure, that we will be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we will be a blessing as, Lord, you are a blessing to us. And so, Lord, we thank you for this fellow who traveled three hours to be here with us this morning to share of this good news because we are called to share good news. And so we thank you for that. We praise you for this work. And as we head into this new year of, of Advent, of offering for Canadian Food Grades Bank, Lord, would you continue to do great things in and through your people here in this church and in the church in Brownfield. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Bob a big round of applause for us. Gato Winnie-Masoko up here this morning as well. Wes, you give him a big round of applause as he comes to the stage this morning. Brother, it is so good to have you here. Thank you for coming and being a part of it. Grab, grab a seat. Uh, Gato, can you introduce yourself to these fine people at Westview? We have been looking forward to having you here for years. Um, and it is a delight to have you with us this morning. So please, just introduce yourself and family to us this morning. Thank you so much. I'm Reverend Gato Munyamasoko. I like the way they pronounce the name. <coughs> <laughs> I remember my, my friend Gordon was saying, Munyamasomako, so, <laughs> so they did well. So, um, pastor in AKBR, where I was his partner, and I was have been uh, for a long time the leader, the vice president of the or the legal representative, and after that I became the general secretary of the church. But for now I'm working now for CBM as peace and reconciliation specialist among different partners in Africa, and have. Seven children and one wife. Woo! Yes. <laughs> the oldest has 30 and the, the youngest 17. Amazing. Uh, can you, I mentioned briefly your role with CBM and you said this morning is the African Peace Building and Reconciliation Specialist. Yes. Can you share with us what that looks like? Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> the motto of CBM is talking about a broken world. And uh, as you know, yes, in Africa, but <laughs> around the world, there is violence and the conflict and whatever. So the place we work, I'm working in Congo, Eastern Congo, South Sudan, in Rwanda, probably also now next year in Kenya. And uh, what we do, we try to train people to become catalysts of peace, but also helping people to be reconciled, helping people to understand that they need to live together. We 
because they're refusing to live together, they will die together. This is what we try to, to tell people. And so, most of our role is to prepare activities, the run of trainees, so that they continue to help their area in matter of building this. Amazing. Guys, so share uh, with everyone here what exactly has brought you to Canada. We're blessed to have you here with us, and we've been able to connect last uh, yesterday for lunch, and we had some of our elder team share with him and show him around, and others this weekend will be uh, sharing uh, this experience and opportunity. But what has brought you here? And, and um, I was invited first by CBM because I'm the employee. There was already a board meeting of CBM, so I was invited to present what we are doing on the field. But second thing was also visiting churches and they tried to tell them about what we are doing, about peace, about reconciliation, and the way God is working through all this ministry in those different parts of Africa. So when did you arrive here in Canada then? I arrived now, it was 25th. Uh, so I started by Toronto where I spent a week. After that I went to Grand Prairie. I'm sorry for that. Edmonton, so I just have to meet churches and now Calgary. And from here, I will go to West Vancouver. Amen. Yeah. I know. I'm from Vancouver originally, so they understand the jokes here. Uh, can you, going back to your work with CBM, what lessons have you learned around the work of peace building? and reconciliation, especially within the context of Rwanda, as I know that will be a major part of our team's work uh, there. One, when we talk about reconciliation, <clears throat> sometimes it's difficult to achieve, but possible. Possible because what we saw in Rwanda, it was really a bad situation, genocide and so on. But, you know, reconciliation is about process and the process what we want to establish we want to establish what we want to establish the relation which was broken between individuals and also community. So uh, seeing what happened in Rwanda and see how people come now to reconciliation we we trust that uh, reconciliation is possible even if it is difficult. But also it's not just something for one day it's about something which continue, continue to build it. And also in the Congo, the same. I'm working with, uh, you know, Baptists. I try to make a joke that Baptists sometimes they need, they like division, they like division. So the Congo also, there's the problem of a big denomination of 145,000 people were divided in two. But today, they come, after 21 years, they come again together together so we accompany them in sustaining their fragile reconciliation. But which is amazing. It's amazing. I love it. Difficult but possible. Yeah. What an incredible challenge to us in the work of reconciliation. Scripture calls us that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's difficult but it's possible. possible yes. And your experience and your testimony yes. and your work there is, is such a blessing for us to see and to hear that it is difficult, but it is possible. But I want to add two things. Yeah. One is that all of us as believers, 
we come to this faith, we come to this uh, uh, believing through reconciliation which Jesus brought to us. He reconciled, he reconciled us to his Father. So today we are children of God. But the second thing is that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, we are called also to the ministry of reconciliation. Where everyone is called to make reconciliation. And make reconciliation start with yourself. Start with you. First, start with God, with yourself, with others, but also with the environment. God, so how can we be praying for you, for Rwanda, and even for our team now as they are there? Um, well, for the team, which, uh, I can start with the West, West View in Rwanda. Uh, I want to tell you that <clears throat> the presence of people who came from Canada to our community is very, very important because they give joy but also hope. You know, you go there, you are not going to take money. You are not going there to ask something, but to show love. And this is, is needed in our context. After genocide, I'm saying that negotiation is a process. We are in this process of reconciliation, we are reconciled, but we need to be more reconciled. So, having other people come from far away, as you and also brother and sister, it makes sense. And so, <clears throat> praying, we need to pray for our that's our continent and the way we are doing, we are working like North Kivu is really, uh, we are living in a situation where we need more prayer. But you know, North Kivu is near Rwanda. So we are not far from the war, but also neighboring countries. We need to pray for them. But also South Sudan, we are now, I've started you now uh, train the youth so that they come with Qataris. There is also different violence beyond the uh, in different places. So we need also to pray for them. And they pray also for those. Our ministry, which is going and is now taking different places. So pray for it. And they pray for those who are trained so that they come also more committed. And the last thing is also praying for my family and myself. have been so blessed. We have been dreaming of this day, praying for this day, and I know our team wishes they were here. Uh, they are so thrilled to be in Rwanda, but uh, they are uh, so thankful that we have this opportunity to, to hear from you and to see you and to, to learn from you this morning. And it has been an absolute joy and a blessing uh, to have you here and to hear these words. So thank you. I think, uh let me back to what the, the, the ministry are doing. This mission with CBM is making a lot of impact. So don't think that when I go there, just go. Be sure that I was there because I was the general secretary for the Baptist for many years. I know how much this ministry, what you call state church, the ministry of churches with other churches is really making a lot of impact. So, Welcome again for next May. Mm -hmm. Probably I'll be there. So. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being there with you. I cannot wait. Yes. Uh, Lord, let's pray. Father, thank you for Gato. Thank you for this incredible man and the gift that he is to us. Thank you for these words. 
that the work of reconciliation is difficult but possible. And that is because of you, Lord. Not because of our charisma, not because of our doing, not because of our knowledge, but because of your work, Holy Spirit, in and through us as we have seen it at work and heard of it at work through God. So thank you for the work that he is doing in championing the work, in proclaiming the hope that is in you, Jesus. Lord, we pray this morning for his wife, for his kids. We thank you for his family who have shared him with us, who have given him this opportunity to be here. Lord, we pray for them, that you would be with them, that you would empower them to do the work of the ministry that you have called and equipped them to do. Thank you how you are at work through this entire family. Thank you for the stories that we have heard. Lord, thank you for the nation of Rwanda, for the amazing people who are doing incredible things because you, God, are at work there. Thank you that they have invited us to partner with them in the work that you are already doing. Continue to do that great work, Lord. Use this servant, use us as your servants to do the work of ministry of reconciliation as we have been reconciled to you, Lord, through Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning, to hear of these words, to be impacted and challenged in our journey of faith as to what it means to live out the gospel, what it means to live as followers of Jesus who have been invited in to this ministry of reconciliation. And so, Lord, be with Gatso, be with Dennis and Bob, Lord, especially as they travel from here in the next few days, as they continue to proclaim the good news, as they continue to make known the stories of what you are doing. Thank you that we have been blessed for this time to have them here with us this morning. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, brothers, so much this morning.